Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. So why are so many influencers starting to post stuff on Instagram about the glucose levels? You might have seen the pictures and I got very curious. What is it that I can actually do and why is the glucose level so important? With many of my guests, we often talk about keeping a stable blood sugar. And I was like, but what does that actually mean? So to figure that out, I got a rock star entrepreneur who is the co-founder of something called Very. We'll get more into that, but he is an expert on this and have seen a lot of data. It is Vernery Yamuro, with my best Finnish accent. <laughs> Vernery, welcome so much for the podcast. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. So before we dive into this uh, glucose monitoring, CGMs and so on, um, tell me about how did you get into health and why did you sure, end up yeah. looking at this, uh, this biomarker? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> my journey has has really come from a place of like personal need. So growing up, I had a few different autoimmune conditions that really kind of <laughs> set me back in a lot of ways. And and so growing up, I had a I had a really tough relationship with food. I, I there'd be periods where I wouldn't be able to eat at all, and that that kind of has led me down this this path of just trying to better understand the relationship between food and how we feel. And they're, they're really like, you know, if you, if you think about it, there's food is not being quantified, you know, past just calories in calories out. And fortunately, like we're understanding a lot more about the, the nuance of food and realizing that calories in calories out is, is a gross oversimplification. And so um, what, what we do with Barry and what, what kind of has led us down this path is just, getting deeper into the nuance of understanding how food is impacting your body. And then ultimately like how that's affecting your mental state, how much energy you have and, and, you know, really how good you feel. Fascinating. So I had the pleasure of, uh, of testing this out for the ones who went the video. It's a small thing that you put into your shoulder and then it measures your glucose levels. But before we go further, what is a glucose level? What does that actually mean? Yeah. <laughs> so glucose is the primary fuel of the body. So if you, if you, if you, if you think about, you know, a human being, like how, where do you get your energy to, to live and to breathe and to, to move and to do everything that you're doing? Well, it all comes from something that you've put in your mouth at some point or another. And so your body, the moment that you actually, even before you, you, you actually eat the food, as, as like when you present the food in front of your in front of your face your body already starts already triggers the, the metabolic process enzymes start excreting in your mouth and your body's like kind of preparing for for the digestion of that food but ultimately like you know your body metabolizes that food into to glucose and different forms of fat but glucose is the primary fuel and what very does is very tracks the levels of glucose in your blood so that you can see how the different foods that you're eating are impacting the levels of glucose in the blood. And then ultimately, like the cool thing is you'll, you'll start to, to notice some patterns there after a while. 
That, that's definitely what I saw as well. So just digging a little, staying a little bit here, like, so why, why is it important, like, whether glucose levels spike a lot? And what should, what should we be looking for? Like, this has been done for people that are diabetic for, for so many years, right? And now we are starting to put it on healthy people as well because, yeah, it has an impact for us as well. But can you go a little bit more into, like, what's the, what's the reasons behind it? Yeah, yeah. So a lot, of, a, lot of the, a lot of the science hasn't really yet been done. So we don't actually know definitively you know, what, what is, what is normal in terms of blood sugar or not? A lot of, a lot of the research has been done in diabetic, uh, populations, but not in the quote unquote, like healthy, healthy population. But what we do know is we can reflect on, on, on anthropology and evolution. And there's some really interesting, you know, studies they've done where they've looked at people in hunter gatherer tribes and track their glucose and, you know, their glucose is pretty much level. And so, the way that the way that that we think about it and a lot of people in the in the in, in research are kind of approaching it now is is thinking about the the human body as a system and like any system the point is equilibrium and glucose is is one part of that picture and so it makes sense that it would to to, to perform better you want to keep your glucose as, as steady as possible and it just kind of allows that metabolic machinery to run a little bit more efficiently and so I guess the simplest way to explain it is that whenever you, you do eat something that causes really high spikes in, in glucose, it, it does kind of shock the body a little bit. The body has to work just a little bit harder and it just stresses that metabolic machinery. Interesting. <clears throat> I also read that um, I saw where there's a lot of studies, as you're saying, like a lot of the science is coming out on what, how does this actually react with um, or how does this affect people that are non-diabetic right um, but that we want ideally uh, to have these spikes to like drop down quite fast again that it might not be a big problem that we have the spikes that might be normal with different food but that we at least want to even out a bit faster but it's, it's fascinating how this is coming out and then also like trying to feel how you are feeling something else that really why I, I'm really a big fan of like nature first and then technology second, but there's not everything that we can get from nature. Right. And what I find extremely fascinating was there was a study done. I think it was in North Korea with a bunch of men there where they looked at like a glucose index for different food. And it turned out some people look at that, like a banana will affect you this much, but it's actually individual. And there's so many factors going in. Like my buddy, Nikolai, uh, Damsgaard, who is also one of the leading biohackers in Denmark, he tested as well, and he found out that it was actually stress and sleep had a bigger impact on his glucose levels than the stuff that he was eating. So that's a, that's a say kind of a new way of actually looking at it compared to how we've been speaking about it earlier, right? Absolutely, yeah. Like it, I mean, this this changes really the way that we think about food because it's so much more than just what you're eating. It's also like how you're eating. Um, some things that we've seen in our, in our data is that the timing, like the same meal eaten at different times of the day, your body digests it completely differently. And, you know, the backside of that is like, are you eating in a way that's aligned with your circadian rhythm? Right. So there's, 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 there's a lot of like nuance when it comes to food and it's, 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 it's more than just, you know, what you're eating, which is, is pretty cool. It's so fascinating. 
that you can actually get that data now and start to look into understanding that better. One thing that I discovered as well when I was playing around with was that um, if I eat fats and proteins first, that seems to be a lower uh, impact on my glucose levels. Do we know anything about that? Or is it, is, I find it fascinating, all these, like, you always told as a kid, I was, eat your dessert in the end, right? So, like, some of these things, like, ancestral wisdom and so on, like, seems to be the thing. And I discussed it with a friend as well that explained, I think it was in Chinese culture or somewhere else in Asia, that they, they will eat the rice in the end, but they will first have the protein, um, I think, in Italy as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, I've, I've seen the same thing. It's like, it, it's, 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 it's crazy now, now that I'm like, you know, attuned to this, you just, it just keeps popping up. But I had a similar thing where a Korean friend was sharing with me that, you know, always you'd eat the meat first and the rice second. And it's, it, that's one thing that you'll very clearly be able to see in, in, in the data is, is when you, when you, whenever you front load your meals with meat or with some source of healthy fat and protein, the way that your body just metab metabolizes that meal is, is a lot different. It's, it's good knowledge to know. So I tested, I was in the Dominican Republic and in the name of science, of course, I had to try to eat different kinds of food. And I tried yeah. a brownie before and a brownie after like a, a lunch. And there was definitely okay. a higher spike. So I think that's, that's pretty interesting, actually. Often, like one thing is that we can have all these gadgets, but like how can they actually change our life, right? Um, and does it give us actionable insight? I think it's quite interesting that you can see here, like, how can you potentially eat the same stuff, but you eat it in a smarter way, um, in a different uh, order, and it'll have a better impact on your body. I think that- Yeah, is, that's right. That's so There's like the opportunity to have, have your cake and eat it too. I mean, even like small things like taking a, you know, a 10 minute walk after a meal, it's crazy how, how big of an impact that, that has. Another, another thing that we've seen is, if you, if you work out, you know, on a day that you work out, or if you worked out the day before, there will be like carryover effects, uh, into the next 24 or 48 hours where you'll be able to see that, Hey, your body is just that much more receptive to the nutrition that you're eating and your glucose ends up being a little bit more stable. So I heard the thing as well before that, uh, doing a walk right after, I think it was on a Ben Greenfield podcast episode where he talked about do some kind of movement, just a small walk right after will level out the glucose levels uh, and generally just be better for your digestion. Do you, do you know about any like studies or any results that you have seen, like how long should walk or like what kind of exercise and so on that's most beneficial? Or do we just know like some kind of movement is good? In general, any, any sort of movement is good. Um, I haven't come across any specific studies like um, on the walking. Granted, there is there's like another interesting thing that that uh, you can see from glucose is the difference between aerobic and anaerobic exercise. And just a word so, on the difference in the two, if someone is listening, being like, though, like, what does that mean? Yeah. So aerobic being that your your heart rate is generally lower. And what you'll see in the glucose is that the glucose will stay pretty flat, maybe trend slightly downwards. And then when you get into anaerobic, so a little bit more high intensity, your heart rate is a lot more elevated. Your, your body uh, starts to consume a lot more glucose and to kind of compensate then your, your liver and your, your muscles release glucose. And you'll be able to see that in the data as, as somewhat of a spike. A lot of people, a lot of people may, may you know, freak out when they see that. But in that context, you actually want, you want that. That's a good thing. Yeah. 
that makes sense. So what's the what's the future for glucose monitoring? Because probably to say I, I used your app and it was evolving just the 14 days that I have it. Uh, you also just raised another big uh, funding round. So a lot of stuff is happening with the company. But I found it very fascinating, like the second update where suddenly I got a score for the different kind of food that I ate, like how well I was actually recovering from it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different directions that, uh, you know, technology with glucose can go. Um, for us, like we're, we, we're really interested in the food aspect of it. So we see like food as being the primary pillar of metabolic health. And so what we're trying to do is just give more granular, more nuanced insight about what you're eating. So some things that we're working on is, is, is like having food tags. So you can, instead of understanding that, Hey, meal a is better than meal B, we can dive into the details and tell you that, Hey, meal a is better specifically because of this ingredient and this ingredient. And over time, we can get to a point where we can start, you know, recommending you different food ingredient combinations and, and all sorts of pretty cool things uh, there. Cool. <clears throat> Another thing I often like when I look at gadgets or technology and test and so on, how accurate is this? Like <clears throat> what kind of validation do we have that, like the results that we're seeing are actually true. Yeah. The, the devices that we use, we use Abbott's Freestyle Libre. So the, the hardware has been actually developed for type one diabetics. And so the accuracy is enough um, to where a type one diabetics use it to dose their insulin. And so that, that's actually pretty, pretty uh, careful. You have to be pretty careful there because if you dose too much insulin, you know, you end up dying. So the, the accuracy is there, but uh, there there is some depth discrepancy there in 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 some like ranges, and generally what we what we've seen is that more than the absolute value of the glucose that you have, it's more insightful to be paying attention to the trend. So what direction is it moving? How quickly is it uh, increasing, or how quickly is it decreasing? Yeah, I guess. It We should probably also tell the listeners the way that it works is for the one seeing it and there's this little device it goes into uh, to your arm uh, a pro tip uh, don't do like me and put it into your triceps that hurts <laughs> <laughs> uh, you need to get it around where like it's not the muscle i think i'm right in that right yeah um, and then it's a bit more soft um, and then you simply just take your phone up and scan and then you get the result Um, and you, you wear it for 14 days, right? Yeah, that's right. So each, each sensor is disposable and has a 14 day lifetime. And yeah. it's best to just apply it to like the most, the fattiest part of the, the back of the upper arm. And that's hard when you are so toned. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> harder, harder for some folks. Yeah. But that, uh, that makes sense. Um, I had some other friends that tried it out. It's a thing that several of the people here in the Copenhagen biohack environment has tested. Um, and I know yeah. most people think it's quite interesting because it is giving more of those actionable insights, even though I think like microbiome tests, we are still in, in a stage where we need to get more data um, and do more studies. But I guess, are you, look, like, are you doing any studies with universities and so on on trying to validate more of like healthy individuals or that's like long out in the pipeline? Yeah, great question. That's, that's something that we're really, really excited about. 
we've contributed our data to a few different studies. Um, one out, out of Harvard. I don't think they've published that one yet. But we, we, we actually brought on a director of health last fall onto our team to start thinking through just validating more of the, the data that we're seeing and, and trying to make sense of it. But our, our long-term vision is that we'd be able to actually open up uh, the data that we're, we're seeing and collecting to uh, universities and to different research partners. I think um, hopefully, you know, not too long into the future, we'll have a pretty novel data set where we're actually linking an objective biomarker glucose from your body and the things that people are eating at scale. So I, I think... Um, I think glucose, this whole, this whole space in general, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more interesting, you know, nutrition and food related science coming out in the coming three years. That would be great because too much of like the science that we have around eating and so on is so inaccurate, right? And yeah. Uh, reporting themselves with the eating, which is often wrong. Um, and that stuff, like I know several people that look into research, it's like, it's absolutely garbage. Where here, if you actually take pictures of the food as well as you can do in the app and you can relate it. That, lead, that would lead to another question that I know many people have about privacy. Um, so I personally think this kind of data is, 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 I don't have a problem sharing this kind of data. I don't sure I don't want to share my DNA data because that's more traceable, even though someone that knows about machine learning, all that stuff would tell me that I'm naive, that you can trace more things with a bit of data. But like, how does that work? Yeah. Well, right now we actually don't collect the data. All the data is stored locally on the, on the phone. But once we get a little bit further on, um, you know, we'd be following the, the standard best practices. So all the data is completely anonymized and essentially we just see it in, it in aggregate. So we just see the, the collection of, okay, how are, you know, how is, how is glucose in the, the very population responding to, you know, this food ingredient or this food ingredient? That makes sense. So what are some of the other cool things uh, that we haven't talked about that you can learn from uh, a glucose monitor or just without having a glucose monitor, just understanding about your blood sugar? Yeah, I think, I think stress is, is, a, is, is a really cool one that is often overlooked or not really discussed. But <laughs> I've had a few cases where I've had you know, more stressful meetings come up and you just see, you just see a spike uh, very clearly in the data. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty excited about as, as the, as the analysis of the data gets better, you know, will we be able to actually sense your stress levels like over time? I think that, that, that's something that, you know, might be really promising down the line. Yeah, that makes it, it's, it's interesting how so many things are related to stress. And like how it like raises our glucose levels and so many other things like the impact that the mental um, aspect has on the body. I think it seems more and more people talk more about it. Um, same like how is your stress levels compared to your food? That is not just eating food is also like how are your stress levels? It's, I, I really look forward to seeing when you've been working on this for a few years, if, if you can end up doing studies, um, I'd be curious about that, like how people eat. Like, would it change if you sit and eat mindfully? As many people say that you need to, to digest the food instead of sitting with a phone and so on. But if you eat mindfully and you don't chew as fast and you're just having a conversation with friends, for example. I know it's right. those kind of studies are expensive, but like, I think with this kind of device and more data, we're starting to get more of this ancestral wisdom 
where people have been told like do this and this and where we might see more like how it actually makes a difference in the body right yeah it's it, it's all connected and, and stress also it's, it's bi-directional right so if you're if you're eating out of sync with your circadian rhythm you know, that can already like just cause stress. It'll, you know, you don't sleep as well the next night and the next day you, your cortisol levels will be elevated. Mm. Then when they're elevated, you know, you're not digesting the food as well as you would have, Yeah. you know? And so it's like, it, it's, it's all connected. And, and I think the, the deeper we go down the rabbit hole and, and just start actually being able to objectively measure what's going on, you know, the closer we can, uh, get to finding the, you know, the truth, so to say. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. So changing gear a little bit, what do you do to stay healthy and on top of things? Now, like you're running a startup that is very stressful for most people. Uh, you just managed to raise a new round and so on. So like, how do you, how do you balance this life? Yeah. Great question. For me, it it's, it's, it's good nutrition. So but also not neurotic nutrition. So, so I, I'm, I'm not the type to be, you know, super, super strict. I, I definitely understand and appreciate the, like the value of soul food, so to say, you know, food, food is a lot more than just uh, the physical. It's also like a connection. It's a very social thing, but I, I, um, I eat meat based. So primarily meats. And then I add in, uh, different fruits and vegetables into the mix. But my, my, the general rule that I follow with food is, is just as unprocessed as possible. So just eating food that is as close to what I could find from nature as possible. And then, uh, in terms of meal timing, I generally go for one or two meals per day. Uh, I, I weight those towards the morning hours of the day. I found that that is just like much more effective for my energy levels so you eat and, breakfast and then a lunch or how? Yeah. So a, a pretty, pretty sizable breakfast and then uh, a lunch or some days I'll just eat a lunch and then, you know, be good with that. And then prioritizing sleep. That's, that's one that I'm, you know, struggle with, but working on, but sleep is definitely important. And, you know, I, that that's one that like, now that I've gotten, having worn the sensor for like a few years now, I'm starting to now just appreciate like how much sleep actually also affects my glucose levels. So sleeping well is, is probably the, the second, you know, pillar for me. And then, uh, thirdly, I guess the stress that you mentioned, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's not always easy to manage, but I found just random walks, uh, sprinkled throughout my day to be really, really helpful. I think there might be something, something even evolutionarily to say about that. <laughs> I've been like, I've been really passionate about just reflecting like human health on, onto evolution. And I think, I think evolutionary humans probably spent a lot of time just walking around and, you know, horizontally just scoping the, the landscape. So I think, I think walks kind of just center you and bring you back to that, that calm uh, state. I like that. Who do you get inspired by? Like, who do you follow for learning new things within the health space and so on? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it it de depends on the season. I think I, I think 
depending on different times of the the year, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, go dive deeper onto different topics and different people, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if there's, there's any specific names I drop right now. I've been, I've been really interested in uh, biomechanics lately and foot health and how the shoes that we wear affect our posture and how posture affects your breathing rate and how that affects your nervous system. So that's, that's kind of one, one area that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. That is definitely interesting as well. And what's something I often talk about with my guests as well is like being grateful for the small things, which has a big effect on stress. What's uh, what's one thing that you're grateful for these days? <laughs> um, I'd, I'd say our team that we we have, like we've, I don't know how, but we've succeeded in just bringing really fantastic people uh, on this journey with us building this product, and it's been it's been amazing to see how how different people bring different flavors and different perspectives into the into the mix. Fantastic. Definitely grateful for our team. That uh, I love that, and you're looking for more team members now, right? Yeah, that's right. So we we have we have more resources now, and and now it's just about finding the right people to to help contribute to to this mission. So we're recruiting on pretty much all all fronts across product marketing, customer support, operations, you name it. That is a good journey. I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well. So if you've been listening and thinking like this sounds kind of cool to be able to get in and. Uh, at a startup that uh, is doing something that can uh, can change lives, then uh, there's definitely positions, and I'm sure you're going to continue to be uh, recruiting, because yeah, that's how it is when you when you are scaling, right? Absolutely. Is there anything that we didn't get around that would be good to have mentioned today for the listeners that you think is important for them to know? Hmm. Nothing. Nothing comes comes to mind. Do oh. Do you have anything? I think we, uh, we're getting around a lot of good stuff. Um, so where can people find out more about you? Someone's like, hmm, yeah. this sounds interesting. Where can I follow this dude? The best place is www.verystable.com. And very is with an I. Uh, I guess a little fun fact there is that very uh, is actually the word for blood in Finnish. Uh, so blood stable is the name. Yes, yeah, that's right. That makes a lot of sense. Do you share yeah. on social media personally as well, or do you keep that more like the private part um, and then full focus on, uh, on the company and full respect for, for people that are doing that saying like, Hey, I'm not <laughs> on social media all the time. I think that's quite healthy. Yeah. Yeah. On, on Twitter, I post about uh, like more work and, 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 you know, what, more, more stuff related to what we're building. So feel free to follow me on Twitter. It's uh Yamru. That's my last name. So it's J-A-A-M-U-R-U. I'll make sure to link to that. Vernere, I'm trying to say right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. This is fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.